The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Say 
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I want to share with you as we begin a passage of Scripture. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. I'll begin reading with verse 8. For at one time, you used to be darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You must walk like children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all uprightness and righteousness and truth, proving what is well-pleasing to the Lord. And you must not participate with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. The things done by them secretly are a disgrace even to speak of. Now all the things being exposed by the light become visible, for everything becoming visible is light. For this reason, he says, Wake up the sleeping one. Arise out from among the dead ones, and Christ will enlighten you. Or Tyndall says, And Christ will shine upon you. You must be aware then how carefully you must walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of time, because the days are evil. Because of this, you must not be ignorant, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and you must not become drunk with wine, and which is unsaving, but you must be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks for all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, submitting yourselves to each other in the fear of Christ. Verse 21, Ephesians 5, verse 21, submitting yourselves to each other in the fear of the Christ. And then it begins in verse 27, talking about wives, you must submit yourselves to your own husbands, similarly as to the Lord. He continues that whole theme of, of a husband-wife, with the wife submitting to the husband and the husband loving the church or loving the wife. And then he says in verse 32, this is a great mystery. What is this submitting to one another? It's a great mystery. This is a great mystery, but I speak with reference to Christ and to the church. This issue of submitting one one to another. This is a, a great issue in our day. There is, in each of us, a seed of destruction. It's necessary that we unearth that seed of destruction before it destroys us. And it will destroy us if it is not uprooted. I want to share with you again 
a part of the story of Gideon. Let's pray as we begin. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I ask that your will would be done over this broadcast and over every person listening to it. I ask that you come in mighty power. And I ask today, Jesus, that you would unearth this seed of destruction, that we could identify it and we could deal with it by the power of the Spirit I thank you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. This seed of destruction has been planted in each of us while we were in our mother's womb. It has the power, if left to grow unhindered, to totally destroy us. If we are unconscious of it, it will certainly bring destruction upon our lives. I think of my own life. I have always been a servant of Jesus Christ. But this seed has been sprouting in my life, and it began to grow. Even with the very best intentions in a man's heart, the seed will grow. You can be utterly given over to Jesus and the seed will continue to grow until it finally bears the fruit of destruction in your life. I've made decisions, major decisions in my life Some of those decisions, while I thought I was right in making those decisions, I did not submit to the church. I did not submit to my brothers and my sisters. I made those decisions on my own because I believed I heard from God and this is what God wanted me to do. this seed of self-deception has a particular stench about it. There is the stench of, of self. There is a stench of, of arrogance. There's a stench of, I'm first. And I know what God wants. And so I've made decisions that have, in all honesty, caused great pain in my family and in my church family. I've made decisions that have brought destruction in the lives of other people. I'm heartbroken about that. 
I made a decision many years ago with my late wife, Jan, to, to leave the Washington area and move to California. Oh, I thought I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. But in fact, I was being enticed by an ungodly man who seduced me in ways that he should not have been allowed to influence my life. And it brought destruction to my family. All of that destruction has still not been repaired. It brought much pain and weeping. And then after being away for a year, the Lord finally spoke and said, okay, now go back to Washington where I signed you. It wasn't the Lord at all that told me to go. I was utterly seduced and deceived by this seed of pride, of self. I've made other mistakes. I won't dwell on them. But just know that I'm very aware of the seed of self that I have been pleading with God to utterly remove from my heart. And the stench of this seed of self rises up as I speak with others, even Christians, even dedicated Christians, who utterly refuse to submit to anyone or anything, they know what God is saying and they are on their way. And it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter what you say. There is no spirit of submission in their heart. Instead, there's an angry arrogance. There's a stench about it. It's easily recognized by one who has become acquainted with their own stench, their own self-stubborn ascendancy. I want to look at the story of Gideon again because Gideon is a classic example of a man who was led by the Spirit of God who did powerful things in the name of Jesus. And then this seed was never unearthed in his heart. And it led to his destruction. It led to the destruction of the nation of Israel. And it led to the murder of all of his sons. And his family was destroyed. If you don't deal with this, this seed that is springing up in America, it's seen in Black Lives Matter, it's seen in Antifa, it's seen in the political parties, this seed of, of self that refuses to submit. I will have what I want. I will lift myself up. 
Remember, that's what Satan said. I will lift myself up. I will ascend into the heavens and I will be like God. That can be a very, very Christian sounding position. Covered with much self-righteousness and defensiveness. I know. I've been there. I've done that. And I'm heartbroken about it. So Israel has done evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because of that, for seven years, he gives them into the hand of the Midianites. The Midianites invade the land. They ruin the crops. They burn. They loot. They steal the livestock until finally Israel is no longer safe to even walk down the city street. It's not safe at night. It's not safe in the day. They come raiding and shouting. Even as it's happening now in America, the Midianites are taking over America because law enforcement and political leaders don't have the courage to stand up and do their jobs. They have political agendas that are destroying our nation. Portland, Seattle, cities in Wisconsin, New York City. San Francisco, Washington, D.C. And now they're beginning to move out into the suburbs. Midianites, Amalekites, wicked men and women, bent on thuggery, bent on anarchy burning and looting and stealing. I can hardly believe this is happening in America and the police are allowing it. DAs are cutting loose people who have been imprisoned without any bond. They're cutting loose arsonists and murders so they can go back on the streets. Some in our political system are encouraging this. They're as lawless as Antifa, which is a Marxist organization. Finally, the Lord can stand their pain no more. And he comes in way of review. And he sits with, with Gideon as he's threshing wheat in the wine press because he's afraid. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are the wonders that our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? And now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of Midian. And he should have added, because of our sin. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. 
Am I not sending you? This is the pattern all through the years. Jesus chooses a man and he sends him in the power of the Spirit. But he says, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. I'm nobody. Oh, I wish he had remembered that, that he was nobody. But he forgot that truth that he spoke. So he asks for a sign. He goes and prepares an offering and presents it. The Lord consumes it with fire on the rock. Gideon builds an altar down in the valley and God comes and says, no, no, no. Go up on top of the mountain. Tear down the altar to Baal. Tear down the, or cut down the Asherah pole. Take your father's second bull. Offer it as a burnt offering on that altar. Well, then he's afraid. So he does it at night. And the next morning, the village gets up and they find everything destroyed. And they demand the death of Gideon. Gideon's father has some backbone. He stands up and says, no, let Baal defend Baal's altar. The Lord comes upon Gideon. I want you to see that it was the Lord who came upon Gideon. It was not Gideon coming upon Gideon. The Spirit of God came upon him. This was initiated. Salvation is initiated by God. He blows the trumpet. He summons the armies. He has another sign. The men come. 25,000. Against an army of 125,000 or 150,000. There's no comparison. They're going to get wiped out. But the Lord says, you have too many men for me to deliver Israel. I want you to notice this, brother, sister. The Lord's concern was that they would think that they had saved themselves, that God had only come and helped them a little bit. No, when God comes, he totally delivers us. So 22,000 men left. 10,000 remain. And the Lord says, I'm sorry. Still too many men. I'm going to sift them for you. 300 men remain. Those 300 men go up against an army of 125 to 150,000 Midianite men and Amalekites and other eastern nations that have come to join in to utterly destroy this nation. Gideon again is given a dream or a message from a dream that the Midianite had about a loaf of bread tumbling into the camp and knocking down a tent. And the interpretation was, God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. So he goes back to the camp. He awakens his soldiers. They take their, their pitchers with a, a pitch torch. They take each of them a trumpet. They divide into three companies. They stand around. 
and they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Uh Uh-oh. The seed is now sprouting in Gideon's heart. It's no longer, I'm the least in all of my family. I'm the least in my tribe. No, now it is a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. What's he think he's equal with God? There's this pride that's rising up in his heart. There's this self-ownership. There is a self-life that is beginning to manifest itself. In Gideon, this humble man who's had sign after sign after sign encouraging a cowardly spirit to finally rise up and know that God will do it. But no, God is not going to do it. It's the Lord and it's Gideon. We're now partners, equal partners. The trumpet sound. There's the flash of the light as the torches all come forth and the Lord causes such a a fear to fall upon the Midianites that they begin to kill each other they turned on each other with their swords now Ephraim comes out and they're saying let me have a share in the glory now this is a perfect time for a humble man of God to say, look, this is not any of me. This is God. But no, he whines. He grovels. He doesn't lift up the name of God. The Ephraimites settle down and they join in the pursuit of the Midianites. He gives the Lord no credit. He doesn't call for Ephraim to repent for not showing up when they were originally called. Now something happens. They're being given a great victory. And in the eighth chapter of Judges, we find verse 4, Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, come to the Jordan and crossed it. And they said to the men of Sukkoth, Give my troops some bread, they're worn out. I'm still pursuing the kings of Midian. But the officials of Sukkoth said, Do you already have the the hands of Ziba and Zumna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your troops? In other words, we don't know that you're going to win. We don't want to risk helping you. And Gideon replied, Just for that, when the Lord has given these men into my hand, I will come back, I will tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. Revenge. Self is rising up. He's going to take revenge. What a difference it could have been Yet he sent this city some of the booty, some of that captured from the Midianites, camels, donkeys, livestock, silver, gold, 
What if he had blessed this city instead of cursed them? Self always wants to rise up and curse. Self wants to do what it believes is in its best self-interest. And Gideon could not understand. His heart was filled with rage and bitterness and anger toward this city. Then he went to Penel. He made the same request of them, but they answered as the men of Sukkoth had. So he said to them, to the men of Penel, when I return in triumph, I will tear down this tower. In other words, I will destroy your town. Now, there was only about 15,000 troops left. 120 swordsmen, the scriptures tell us, had already died. Gideon, with his 300 men, falls on these 15,000 men, and they kill them. He is victorious. Then in verse 13, Gideon, son of Joash, then returned from the battle. He caught a young man of Sukkoth and questioned him, and the young man wrote down for him the names of the 77 officials of Sukkoth and the elders of the town. Then he took the elders of the town, verse 16, and taught the men of Sukkoth a lesson by punishing them with desert thorns and briars. He also pulled down the tower of Pinel and killed the men of the town. In a rage of pride. Where is the humble man now who said, I am the least of all my tribe, and I'm the least of my family. And God had to keep coming to him and encouraging him and giving him signs, but now he's in power. Now he's the mighty man. And all he has in his heart is pride. The seed of self, the seed of pride, of taking revenge, of refusing to submit to my brothers or my sisters. I have listened to some women as they have said, I will never submit to my husband. I am equal with my husband. Yes, before God, all men and women are equal. But not in marriage. We're not equal with Christ. We submit to him. We submit to each other in the church. We don't see equality something to be grasped, but rather we humble our hearts before one another and before Almighty God. And we don't take revenge. It's this, this seed of self that dresses itself in very religious and righteous sounding words. But the stench of self is so strong, it's 
obnoxious. It's overcoming. It's, it makes one sick at heart. This seed of self. It must be unearthed. Now, Gideon takes the next step with the seed of self. They ask him, would you rule over us? Be our king. He says, no. Sounds very humble, right? But then he says, I won't rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. But I have one request. Would each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder? Because these people were an earring. These men wore a golden earring. And when they killed them, they pulled that golden earring off and put it in a bag. They said, we'll be happy to give the, the ring to you. So they spread out a garment and each man went by and threw a ring from his plunder into it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to 1,700 shekels. That is about 43 pounds of gold. And then in addition, he took the ornaments, the pendants, the purple garments worn by the king of Midian, the chains that were on their camel's necks. And in verse 27, it says, Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Orpha, his hometown. And all Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there. And it became a snare to Gideon and his family. An ephod was a means of getting an answer from God. So now he has set up an idol. And he's saying, you can hear from God. You can get answers from God here. They begin to worship the idol. What he really did was say, no, I won't rule over you, but I'll set up a God for you and we'll worship it together. Being very religious. But being absolutely wrong. You know you're walking right before God when you choose to submit when you choose to submit to brothers and sisters who are the church. When you go out on your own, you're doing a Gideon. Breaks my heart. It breaks my heart how I've done that in my life while being very religious. I watch it in our culture. I'm terrified for our president, Mr. Trump, because of the pride I see in the arrogance I see in his life and his words. I pray for him. I pray God's protection for him that the seeds of his arrogance don't destroy he and his family and America. I also, 
I see the same pride in Joe Biden and in the Democrat Party. I see the same pride in business leaders, corporate leaders. It's time to humble our hearts. Midian has been subdued. They've been kicked out of the land of Israel. And they did not return during Gideon's lifetime. And so they had about 40 years of peace, one generation of peace. But all was not peaceful in Israel because of the seed of pride and self not being unearthed from their hearts. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals and they forgot all about the Lord God of heaven. Now Abimelech, he was a son of of Gideon, went to his mother's brothers in Shechem and he said to them and to all his mother's clan, ask the citizens of Shechem Which is better for you to have all 70 of Gideon's sons rule over you or just one man? Remember, I'm your flesh and blood. When the brothers repeated all of this to the citizens of Shechem, they were inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He's our brother. So they gave him 70 shekels. That's about one and three-quarter pound of silver. And Abimelech used it to hire reckless adventurers who became his followers. And he went to his father's home and on one stone murdered his 70 brothers. Jotham, the youngest son of Gideon, escaped by hiding And then all the citizens of Shechem gathered beside the great tree at the pillar in Shechem to crown Abimelech king. I want you to see that what has now just happened with all 70 of Gideon's sons being murdered. That seed was planted and bore fruit when Gideon said, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And then it was further fertilized. When he took revenge on two of the cities in Israel, he could have blessed them. He could have won their hearts. Instead, he destroyed them. He tortured them. He murdered them. He burned their city. Then the seeds of self that were spreading bore even more fruit when he started his own worship. We set up an idol to Baal 
by setting up an ephod and saying, you can go there and you can get an answer from God. What God is going to answer? Only Baal is going to answer from an idol. But it's under the guise of being the God Yahweh. Oh, my brother, my sister. The days we live in are exceptionally evil. These are dark, dark days, and they are going to become even more dark in the coming month of September and October and November. And it's all springing up out of the seed that was not unearthed. The seed of pride. Refusing to humble our hearts. Being offended by, by others. Taking our position and saying, I'm right. With no humility of heart. This is what I have to do. Oh, how often I've been there. I can't go there anymore. The Lord will not allow it. He says, humble your heart, Ray. Unearth the seed of self. And so I've been doing what I know I must do. I've been crying out to the Lord. I've been saying, Lord, dig this seed up out of my life. I don't want it. I'm finished with it. It's over. Humble my heart before you, almighty God. So many of us have been so controlled. We've broken relationships. We have destroyed families. We have maintained our righteousness. And the stench of arrogance is about us. This is not the way the gospel of Jesus is to operate. Now Jotham, the last remaining son of Gideon, climbs up on the top of Mount Gerizim and he shouts down to Shechem, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves, they said to the olive tree, Be our king. But the olive tree answered, Should I give up my oil, by which both gods and men are honored, to hold sway over the trees? Next the tree said to the fig tree, Come out and be our king. But the fig tree replied, Should I give up my fruit, so good and sweet, to hold sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, Come and be our king. But the vine answered, Should I give up my wine, which cheers both gods and men to hold sway over trees? Finally, all the trees said to the thorn bush, Come and be our king. The thorn bush said to the trees, If you really want to anoint me king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, 
Then let fire come out from the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Now, if you have acted honorably and in good faith when you made Abimelech king, and if you have been fair to Gideon and his family, and if you've treated him as he deserves, and to think that my father fought for you, risk his life to rescue you from the hand of Midian. But today you have revolted against my family. You've murdered his 70 sons on a single stone, and you've made Abimelech the son of his slave girl, king over the citizens of Shechem, because he's your brother. If you have acted honorably and in good faith toward Gideon and his family today, May Abimelech be your joy, and may you be his too. But if you have not, let fire come out from Abimelech and consume you, citizens of Shechem. Let fire come out from you, citizens of Shechem, and consume Abimelech. And God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem. And the end result was, Abimelech goes to war against Shechem and murders them, and they go to war against Abimelech, and they kill him. I want you to see that death and destruction come out of a refusal to submit, comes out of a refusal to humble our hearts. Destruction. The seed of destruction must be unearthed in America by repentance, humility, and earnest prayer, putting away all evil ways. This self must be unearthed in your heart and mine and it is only unearthed by repentance and humility and submitting one to another if we do not then the seeds of destruction will prosper and grow in our lives and we will make choices and decisions that will finally result even in the destruction of our families and the destruction of America. I look at what's happening in this nation. It's all springing forth from an unearthed seed of self and pride and arrogance. Will you join me in praying that God would unearth this seed in my heart and your heart 
and in our nation. Almighty God, I come beseeching you today that you would unearth finally, fully, completely this seed of arrogance and self from my heart. For I know I am the least of your children, the least in my family, the least of my tribe, the least of my church. Lord, unearth those seeds that can spring up in my heart and bring about destruction. I ask, Lord, that you would do the same for each person listening to this broadcast. I ask that you would deal to the very depth with every seed of destruction that has been planted in our hearts. That we could humble our hearts before you and seek your face and repent to turn from our wicked ways that you would come and heal our land. I pray, Lord, for America. Lord, Send the rain. Bring revival. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. If this message has meant anything to you, would you pass it on? I'd love to hear from you. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can give, you can donate. I wanted to thank two people. I wrote your names down. One was Gail, and the other was Tanya. After the broadcast yesterday, you both made those contributions that we could stay on the air for another month. I thank you. I welcome you to go to that button on the right-hand corner, upper right-hand corner, and click on it. And give as the Lord directs you. Or write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. I love you, my brother, my sister. I hope you hear that today that we're called to submit to one another, to lay aside our pride, to humble our hearts, and to seek the face of Jesus. Tomorrow will be a day of prayer. 
Would you prepare your heart now? You may even need to write out your prayer in advance. But tomorrow will be a live call-in show for prayer for America, for you, for your family. Would you call tomorrow? Would you join us tomorrow in a concert of prayer, crying out for our president and our nation? God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'd love to meet you. I pray someday soon I can. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for listening today. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.